creeped are you spooked would you love for someone to crack open your asshole and puke <laughs> it's the halloween episode we've had a lot of halloween stinkers yeah <laughs> hopefully this one doesn't i found a pretty fucking sick creepy pasta creepy who's ready to get creeped creep i had to bust out my narrating voice Madam, are you wet? <laughs> Dude, I wish I was single just so I could go drop, pick up lines at the bar like, Excuse me. Have you acquired the moisture? Acquiring it. Dude, <clears throat> have you ever just gone up to a girl and asked them if they're wet yet? Not, not. <laughs> I never even thought of it until well, now, dude. Just get- <laughs> excuse me. Are you wet? <laughs> God damn, ladies out there, has anyone ever asked you that? Let us know. That's an interesting dilemma because I've seen some terrible pickup lines, but I've never even thought about being like, <laughs> just ask if they're wet. Is the lube flowing? Yeah. Are you creamed? Has <laughs> <laughs> God's lube left the tunnel yet? Excuse me, ma'am. Is that tight and creamy? January 3rd, 1972, a flood of cream came rushing out. Tight and creamy. You think your mom's creamy? I don't know. She, she probably is. <laughs> <laughs> think about your mom getting wet. They had to. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I was thinking about my mom getting pregnant. I was born in December, so she would have had to have gotten knocked up in May. A creamy May. <laughs> May 12th, 1984. A flood of hairspray wafted into the room. When did Columbus find uh, the U.S.? In May 1492? No, it's a Mayflower. Yeah. Somebody give it to you, Mom's Mayflower. <laughs> <laughs> in 1492, Columbus took a fucking goo. <laughs> Columbus was sick, dude. Yeah? This is an Italian guy doing rape. I don't see how people don't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. There's, everyone wants to change it into Indigenous People Day and... Oh, Columbus was so bad. I mean, they'd still do that. They do the same thing now. Yeah. You're not going to kick him out of society, are you? Yeah. Maybe yeah. say what you really mean. Oh. And that's no Italians. Yeah. Quit hiding your racism behind Christopher Columbus. Well. Every Italian's a rapist. Yes. <laughs> I'm not Italian, man. Yeah, I've never know. committed a rape in my life. Never mean. even thought about it. Never even... Made a fucking overly horny remark. Well, maybe not. An unwanted, overly horny remark. As a person that doesn't really like Italians, maybe you're just like one in a million, dude. 
Maybe you're the one that's going to like set them all straight. The Italian savior. <laughs> hey, don't rape anymore. Sometimes you got to listen to it in consent. You take it in consent. You put it in the pasta water. And you take it out. They don't even. That's. I bet there's not even an Italian translation for consent. No. See? You're going to make it. That's What if that just changed the whole world? What if Mussolini came back from the grave and fixed it all up? Yes. Or you could just be the Mussolini. What was Mussolini's deal? I don't fucking know. Like, what was he... I know he killed a bunch of people, but I won't like, what for? Was he just trying to take the Italians down? <laughs> it's like, it's a bigger problem. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's so funny to have a dictator be like, we're making a bacon and ziti. Yes. That's what he's doing. We're going to bake it the bodies. We're going to take all the Italians. We're going to put on the parmesan. We're going to put on a, a basil. We're going to put on the mozzarella. Take it about it. Put on the mozzarella. There's only one Italian I like. Luigi Primo. Is he actually Italian? Yeah, dude. He's got Surely. Be. He does look very. He's Italian as fuck, man. Yeah. yeah. He actually makes pizzas in his promos. Yeah. So he's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, you can make pizza. The type of pizza we have over here isn't even Italian. Do you know pepperoni's not Italian? Oh, I'm sure it's not. Is it Spanish? It's American. Okay. Of course, dude. Is it the best thing you can put on a pizza? Yeah. Then where do you think it came from? America? Yep. Uh, pepperoni? I do like a crunchy pepperoni. Here's everything that America has invented. Mm -hmm. It's a powerful list. Pepperoni. Bud Light. Pussy. Yeah. Toothbrush. Uh-huh. The democracy. Yeah. Freedom. Hey. Justice. Uh-huh. Bald Eagles. Yeah. Steven Seagal. He's Italian, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's also Cajun when he wants to be. We watched, we never even talked about it. Dude. We watched, like, a whole season of Steven Seagal Law, man. It's sick. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. And it's also what I had heard. I remember watching this show, forgot about it. And then as people have been talking about it more recently, they keep talking about how he's a cop. He's not really a cop. He's a reserve deputy. Yeah, but he's been doing that since like the 80s. Yeah, for free. Because it's like, how is this motherfucker like? He's like the chief reserve deputy. It's like, how's this guy the chief of police down there? He's the chief of the reserves. He's like yeah. a volunteer firefighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, dude. Cause... Do they even have guns? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy that you can just be a volunteer and have a gun. Yeah. You fucking kidding me? You work a nine to five and then your hobby is being a cop and you have a gun. Man. Get the fuck out of here, dude. What's wrong with this country? Could you imagine that's your hobby, man? Being a cop. God. Yeah, I can definitely imagine that. Do you know how many dorks are out there that... Yeah. Dude, I bet there's a surplus of them. I bet they turn people away. God. Speaking of watching older shows, we got a good idea for a podcast that'll never happen because. Good. <laughs> In the eyes of the ranger, the unsuspected stranger makes a bad podcast on Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast of the Ranger is upon you. Saying it and making the speech free. When podcasts say the word faggot, people get angry in their tweets. Down now.
Walker, Texas podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Walker, Texas podcast is sick. Yeah. I would do it, but man, we're having such a hard time getting our regular shit done. We're blowing it. Everyone just needs a revamp. Everyone needs to get recharged. Be happy about life. You used to love it. Yeah, I mean, I just you used to look forward to it. I, I'd be hyped up about it. Yeah, I gotta drag your ass. No, I, mean, I just quit. Every time you say "just," it's something weak. Drink gets me thinking, man. Yeah. Need a boost, it takes out the everything else and just leaves them the funny man. If I just got that, <laughs> <laughs> man. Well, we want to spook you, spook you, make you think about some things. You gotta go blow my nose before you hit play on it. No, no, I'm Dude, snotted. You're supposed to be creamy. I'm snotted, man. I'm creamy. There's a paper around here. Right there. <laughs> if I would have known that I used it, I get creamed when I talk, dude. Yeah. It like reverberates the snot. Just drink it. It's not coming down my lips, or I would just slurp lips. Oh, you mean like from your nose? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about just like get it down in there. And then <laughs> I'm trying. I like get a lube and swallow it, which makes uh, me throw up. Uh, it's gross. <laughs> That's awful. The first Halloween fright. All right, yo, so went through some creepypastas. Nope. I don't feel like our audience is dork enough to explore creepypastas because I'm not. Yeah. All I know is that there's spooky stories <laughs> from Reddit. <laughs> this one's called Psychosis. And the reason I picked this one is because it's about being a fucking dork. Sitting online all day, mm-hmm. falling apart at the seams because your whole life has become the internet, and I'd like to dedicate it to Kanye West. Break it. As we set the ambiance, open your Halloween provisions, perhaps a nice magnum of red wine or perhaps you visited your local package store and purchased the dark red boda box as the crow flies as the raven squawks crack open your pants and play with your cock fiddle with your genitals we're about to begin a calls a creepy tale that will make your boner fail. A true fright in the night. Prepare to delight in psychosis. (laughs) I'm not sure why I'm writing this down on paper and not on my computer. I guess I've just noticed some odd things. It's not that I don't trust the computer, just I need to organize my thoughts. I need to get down all the details somewhere objective. Somewhere I know what I write can't be deleted or changed. Not that it's happened. It's just everything blurs together here. 
the fog of memory lends to strange cast things. I'm starting to feel cramped in this small apartment, and maybe that's the problem. I just had to go and choose the cheapest apartment, the one in the basement. The lack of windows down here makes day and night seem to slip by seamlessly. I haven't been out in a few days because I've been working on this programming project so intensively. I suppose I just want to get it done. Hours of sitting and staring at a monitor can make anyone feel strange, I know. But I don't think that's it. I'm not sure when I first started to feel like something was odd. I can't even define what it is. Maybe I just haven't talked to anyone in a while. That's the first thing that crept up on me. Everyone I normally talk to online while I program has been idle, or simply not logged on at all. My instant messages go unanswered. The last email I got from anybody was a friend saying he'd talk to me when I got back from the store, and that was yesterday. I'd call him with my cell phone, but my reception's terrible down here. Yeah, that's it. I just need to call someone. I'm going to go outside. Well, that didn't work so well. As the tingle of fear fades, I'm feeling a little ridiculous for being scared at all. I look in the mirror before I went out, but I didn't shave the two days stubble I've grown. I figured I was just going to go out for a quick phone call. I did change my shirt, though, because it was lunchtime, and I guess that I'd run into at least one person I knew. It didn't end up happening. I wish it did. When I went out, I opened the door to my small apartment slowly. A small feeling of apprehension had already logged itself in me. For some indefinable reason, I chalked it up to not having spoken to anyone but myself for a day or two. I peered down the dingy gray hallway, made dingier by the fact it was a basement hallway. On one end, a large metal door led to the building's furnace. It was locked, of course. Two dreary soda machines stood out by it. I bought a soda from one the first day. But it had two years past the exp expiration date. I'm fairly sure nobody knows those machines are even down here. Or my cheap landlady just doesn't care to get them restocked. I closed my door softly. Walked the other direction. Taking care not to make a sound. Why don't you handle the sound effects? <laughs> I was sitting there doing the same thing. <laughs> I have no idea why I chose to do that. But it was fun giving into the strange impulse not to break the droning hum of the soda machines. <laughs> At least for the moment, I got to the stairwell and took the stairs up to the building's front door. <laughs> I looked through the heavy door's small square window and received quite the shock. It was definitely not lunchtime. City gloom hung over the dark street outside, and the traffic lights at the intersection in the distance blinked yellow. Dim clouds, purple and black from the glow of the city, hung overhead. Nothing moved, save the few sidewalk trees that shifted in the wind. I remember shivering, though I wasn't cold. Maybe it was the wind outside. I could vaguely hear it through the heavy metal door, and I knew that it was that unique kind of late-night wind. 
the kind that was constant, cold, and quiet, save for the rhythmic music it made as it passed through the countless unseen tree leaves. I decided not to go outside. Instead, I lifted my cell phone to the door's little window and checked the signal meter. The bars filled up the meter, and I smiled. Time to hear someone else's voice, I remember thinking, relieved. It was such a strange thing to be afraid of nothing. I shook my head, laughing at myself silently. <laughs> I hit speed dial for my best friend Amy's number. And held the phone up to my ear. It rang once. Bring! But then it stopped. Nothing happened. I listened to the silence for a good 20 seconds and hung up. I frowned and looked at the signal meter again, still full. I went to dial her number again, but then my phone rang in my hand. Startling me, I put it up to my ear. Oh. Hello? I asked, immediately fighting down a small shock at hearing the first spoken voice in days, even if it was my own. I had gotten used to the droning hum of the building's inner workings, um. my computer, and the soda machines in the hallway. There was no response to my greeting at first, but then finally, a voice came. Hey, said a clear metal voice, obviously of college age, like me. Who's this? John, I replied, confused. Oh, sorry, wrong number, he replied, and hung up. I lowered the phone slowly and leaned against the thick brick wall of the stairwell. That was strange. I looked at my received calls list, but the number was unfamiliar. Before I could think on it further, the phone rang loudly, shocking me yet again. This time, I looked at the caller before I answered. It was another unfamiliar number. This time, I held the phone to my ear but said nothing. I heard Nothing but the general background noise of a phone. Then, a familiar voice broke my tension. John! Was the single word in Amy's voice. I breathed a sigh of relief. Hey, it's you, I replied. Who else would it be? She responded. Oh, the number. I'm at a party on 7th Street and my phone just died as you called me. This is someone else's phone. Obviously. Okay, you fucking cunt, I said. <laughs> Where are you? She asked. My eyes glanced over to the drab, white, washed cylinder block walls and heavy metal door with its small window. Had my building, I sighed. Just feeling cooped up. I didn't realize it was so late. You should come here. <laughs> she said, laughing. Nah. I don't feel like looking for some strange place by myself in the middle of the night. I said, looking out the window at the silent, windy street that secretly scared me just a tiny bit. I think I'm just going to keep on working or go to bed. Nonsense, she replied. I can come get you. Your building is close to 7th Street, right? How drunk are you? I asked lightheartedly. You know where I live. Of course, she said abruptly. I guess I can't get there by walking then, huh? You could if you wanted to waste half an hour and get your sweet, creamy hole pounded the fuck out, I told her. Right. 
She said, okay, have to go. Good luck with your work. I lowered the phone once more, looking at the numbers flash as the call ended. Then the droning silence suddenly reasserted itself in my ears. The two strange calls and the eerie street outside just drove home my aloneness in this empty stairwell. Perhaps from having seen too many scary movies, I had the sudden, inexplicable idea that something could look in the door's window and see me. Some sort of horrible entity that hovered at the edge of aloneness, just waiting to creep up on an unsuspecting people that strayed too far from other human beings. I knew the fear was irrational, but nobody else was around. So I jumped down the stairs, ran down the hallway, into my room, and closed the door swiftly. While still staying silent, like I said, I feel a little ridiculous for being scared of nothing, and the fear has already faded. Writing this down helps a lot. It, it makes me realize nothing is wrong. It filters out half-formed thoughts and fears and leaves any cold, only cold hard facts. It's late. I got a call from a wrong number, and Amy's phone died, so she called me back from another number. Nothing strange is happening. Still, there was something a little off about that conversation. I knew it could have just been the alcohol she'd had. Or was it her that seemed off to me? Or was it... Yeah, that's what it was. I didn't realize until this moment, writing these things down. I knew writing these things down would help. She said she was at a party, but I only heard silence in the background. Of course, that doesn't mean anything in particular, as she could have just gone outside to make the call. That couldn't be that either, because I didn't hear the wind. I need to see if the wind is still blowing. It's Monday. I forgot to finish writing last night. I'm not sure what I expected to see when I ran up the stairwell and looked out the heavy metal door's window. I'm feeling ridiculous. Last night's fear seems hazy and unreasonable to me now. I can't wait to go out in the sunlight. I'm going to check my email, shave, shower, and finally get out of here. Wait, I think I hear something. It was thunder. Bow! <laughs> that whole sunlight and fresh air thing didn't happen. I went out into the stairwell and up the stairs. Only to find disappointment. The heavy metal door's little window showed only flowing water as torrential rain slammed against it. Only a very dim, gloomy light filtered it through the rain. But at least I knew it was daytime, even if it was gray, sickly and wet that day. I tried looking out the window and waiting for lightning to illuminate the gloom, but the rain was too heavy and I couldn't make out anything more than a vague, weird shapes moving at odd angles in the waves washing down the window. Disappointed, I turned around, but I didn't want to go back to my room. Instead, I wandered further up the stairs, past the first floor and the second. The stairs ended at the third floor, the highest floor in the building. I looked through the glass that ran up the outer wall of the stairwell, but it was warped. Thick kind that scatters the light. Not that there was much to see through the rain to begin with. I opened the stairwell door and wandered down the hallway. 
The ten or so thick wooden floors painted blue a long time ago were all closed. I listened as I walked, but it was the middle of the day, so I wasn't surprised that I heard nothing but the rain outside. As I stood there in the dim hallway listening to the rain, I had the strange, fleeting impression that the doors were standing like silent granite monoliths erected by some ancient forgotten civilization for some unfathomable guardian purpose. Lightning flashed, and I could have sworn that just for a moment, the old granny blue wood looked just like rough stone. I laughed at myself (laughs) for letting my imagination get the best of me. But then it occurred to me that the dim gloom and lightning must mean that there was a window somewhere in the hallway. A vague memory surfaced, and I suddenly recalled that the third floor had an alcove and an inset window hallway down the floor's hallway. Excited to look out in the rain and possibly see another human being, I quickly walked over to the alcove, finding the large, thin glass window. Rain washed down it, as with the front door's window. But I could open this one. I reached a hand out to slide it open, but hesitated. I had the strangest feeling that if I opened that window, I would see something absolutely horrifying on the other side. Everything's been so odd lately. I came up with a plan, and I came back here to get what I needed. I don't seriously think anything will come of it, but I'm bored. It's raining, and I'm going stir-crazy. I came back to get my webcam. The cord isn't long enough to reach the third floor by any means, so instead I'm going to hide it between the two soda machines at the dark end of my basement hallway, run the wire along the wall and under my door, and put black duct tape over the wire to blend it in with the black plastic strip that runs across the base of the hallway walls. I know this is silly, but I don't have anything better to do. Well, nothing happens. I propped open the hallway to stairwell door, steeled myself, then flung the heavy front door wide open in the rain and ran like hell down the stairways to my room and slammed the door. I watched the webcam on my computer intently, seeing the hallway outside my door and most of the stairwell. I'm watching it right now. I don't see anything interesting. I just wish the camera's position was different so that I could see out the front door. Hey! Somebody's online! I got out an older, less functional webcam that I had in my closet to video chat with my friend online. I couldn't really explain to him why I wanted to video chat, but it felt good to see another person's face. He couldn't talk very long, and we didn't talk about anything meaningful, but I feel much better. My strange fear has almost passed. I would feel completely better, but there was something odd about our conversation. I know that I've said that everything has seemed odd, but still, he was very vague in his responses. I can't recall one specific thing that he said, no particular name or place or event, but he did ask for my email address to keep in touch. Wait, I just got an email. I'm about to go out. I just got an email from Amy that asked me to meet her for dinner at the place we usually go. I do love pizza, and I've just been eating random food from my poorly stocked fridge for days, so I can't wait. Again, I feel ridiculous about the odd couple of days I've been having. I should just destroy the journal when I get back. 
another email. Oh my god. I almost left the email and opened the door. I almost opened the door. I almost opened the door, but I read the email first. It was from a friend I hadn't heard from in a long time. And it was sent to a huge number of emails that must have been every person he had saved in his address list. It had no subject and said simply, Seen with your own eyes. Don't trust them they. What the hell is that supposed to mean? The words shock me, and I keep going over them. Is it a desperate email sent just as something happened? The words are obviously cut off without finishing. On any other day, I would have dismissed this as spam from the computer virus or something. The words. Seen with your own eyes. I can't help but read over this journal and think back on the last few days and realize that I have not seen another person with my own eyes or talked to another person face to face. The webcam conversation with my friend was so strange, so vague, so eerie. Now that I think about it, was it eerie? Or is the fear clouding my memory? My mind toys with the progression of events that I've written here, pointing out that I have not been presented with one single fact that I did not specifically give out unsuspectingly. The random wrong number that got my name and subsequent strange return call from Amy, the friend that asked for my email address. I messaged him first when I saw him online. And then I got my first email a few minutes after that conversation. Oh my God, the phone call with Amy. I said over the phone, I I said that I was within a half hour's walk of 7th Street. They know I'm near there. What if they're trying to find me? Where is everyone else? Why haven't I seen or heard from anyone else in days? No, no, no. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. I need to calm down. This madness needs to end. I don't know what to think. I ran out of my apartment furiously, holding my cell phone up to every corner to see if it got signal through the heavy walls. Finally, In the tiny bathroom near one ceiling corner, I got a single bar. Holding my phone there, I sent a text message to every number in my list. Not wanting to betray anything about my unfounded fears, I simply said, You seen anyone face to face lately? At that point, I just wanted any reply back. I didn't care what the reply was or if I had embarrassed myself. I tried to call someone a few times, but I couldn't get my head up high enough. And if I brought my cell phone down even an inch, it lost signal. Then I remembered the computer and rushed over to it, instant messaging everyone online. Most were idle or away from their computer. Nobody responded. My messages grew more frantic, and I started telling people where I was and to stop by in person for a host of barely passable reasons. I didn't care about anything by that point. I just needed to see another person. I also tore my apartment apart looking for something that I might have missed. Some way to contact another human without opening the door. I know it's crazy. I know it's unfounded. But what if? What if? I just needed to be sure. I taped the phone to the ceiling just in case. 
Now it's Tuesday. The phone rang. Exhausted from last night's rampage, I must have fallen asleep. I woke up to the phone ringing and ran into the bathroom, stood on the toilet, and flipped open the phone tape to the ceiling. It was Amy, and I feel so much better. She was really worried about me, and apparently had been trying to contact me since the last time I talked to her. She's coming over now. Yes. She knows where I am without me telling her. I feel so embarrassed. I am definitely throwing this journal away before anyone sees it. I don't even know why I'm writing it now. Maybe it's just because it's the only communication I've had at all since. God knows when. I look like hell, too. I looked in the mirror before I came back in here. My eyes are sunken. My stubble is thicker. And I just look generally unhealthy. My apartment is trashed, but I'm not going to clean it up. I think I need someone else to see what I've been through. These past few days have not been normal. I'm not one to imagine things. I know I have been the victim of extreme probability. I probably missed seeing another person a dozen times. I just happened to go out when it was late at night or the middle of the day when everyone was gone. Everything's perfectly fine. I know this now. Plus, I found something in the closet last night that has helped me tremendously. A television! I set it up just before I wrote this, and it's on in the background. Television has always been an escape for me. It reminds me that there's a world beyond these dingy brick walls. I'm pretty glad Amy's the only one that responded to me after last night's frantic pestering of everyone I could contact. She's been my best friend for years. She doesn't know it, but I count the day that I met her among one of my few moments of true happiness in my life. I remember that warm summer day fondly. It seems as a different reality from this dark, rainy, lonely place. I feel like I spent days sitting in that playground, much too old to play, just talking with her and hanging around doing nothing at all. I still feel like I can go back to that moment sometimes. And it reminds me that this damn place is not at all like it is. Finally, a knock on the door. I thought it was odd that I couldn't see her through the camera I had between the two soda machines. I figured that it was bad positioning. Like, when I couldn't see out the front door, I should have known. I should have known! After the knock, I yelled through the door jokingly that I had a camera between the soda machines because I was embarrassed myself that I had taken this paranoia so far. After I did that, I saw her image walk over to the camera and look down at it. She smiled and waved. Hey, she said to the camera brightly, just giving it a wry look. It's weird, I know, I said into the mic attached to my computer. I've had a few weird days. Must have, she replied. Open the door, John. I hesitated. How could I be sure? Hey, humor me a second here, I told her through the mic. Tell me one thing about us just to prove to me you're you. She gave the camera a weird look. Um, all right, she said slowly, thinking. We met randomly at a playground where we were both way too old to be there. <sighs> I sighed deeply as reality returned and fear faded. God, I've been so ridiculous. Of course it was Amy. That day wasn't 
anywhere in the world in my memory, except in my memory. I'd never even mentioned it to anyone, not out of embarrassment, but out of a strange secret nostalgia and longing for these days to return. If there was some unknown force at work trying to trick me, as I feared, there'd be no way they could know about that day. <laughs> All right, I'll explain everything, I told her. I'll be right there. I ran to my small bathroom and fixed my hair as best as I could. I looked like hell, but she'd understand. Snickering at my own unbelievable behavior <laughs> and the mess I'd made of the place, I walked to the door. I put my hand on the doorknob and gave that mess one last look. So ridiculous, I thought. My eyes traced over the half-eaten food lying on the ground, the overflowing trash bin, and the bed that I'd tipped to the side looking for God knows who. I almost turned to the door and opened it, but my eyes fell on one last thing, the old webcam, the one I'd used for that eerily vacant chant with my friends. Its silent black sphere lay haphazardly tossed to the side, its lens pointed at the table where this journal lay. An overwhelming terror took me as I realized that if something could see through that camera, it would have seen what I wrote about that day. I asked her for any one thing about us, and she chose the only thing in the world that I thought they or it did not know. But it did. It did know. It could have been watching me the whole time. I didn't open the door. I screamed. I screamed in uncontrollable terror. <laughs> I stomped on the old webcam on the floor. The door shook and the doorknob tried to turn, but I didn't hear Amy's voice through the door. Was the basement door made to keep out drafts too thick, or was Amy not outside? What could have been trying to get in if not her? What the hell was out there? I saw her on my computer through the camera outside. I heard her on the speakers through the camera outside. But was it real? How can I know? She's gone now. I screamed and shouted for help. Help! I piled up everything in my apartment against the front door. Friday. At least, I think that it's Friday. I broke everything electronic. I smashed my computer to pieces. Every single thing on there could have been accessed by network access, or worse, altered. I'm a programmer. I know. Every little piece of information I gave out since this started, my name, my email, my location, none of it came back from outside until I gave it out. I've been going over and over what I wrote. I've been pacing back and forth, alternating between stark terror and overpowering disbelief. Sometimes, I'm absolutely certain some phantom entity is dead set on the simple goal of getting me to go outside. Back to the beginning, with the phone call from Amy. She was effectively asking me to open the door and go outside. I keep running through it in my head. One point of view says I've acted like a madman, and all of this is extreme convergence of probability, never going outside at the right times by pure luck, never seeing another person by pure chance, getting a random nonsense email from some computer virus at just the right time. The other point of view 
says that extreme convergence of probability is the reason that whatever's out there hasn't gotten to me already. I keep thinking. I never opened the window on the third floor. I never opened the front door until that incredibly stupid stunt with a hidden camera after which I ran straight into my room and slammed the door. I haven't opened my solid door since I flung open the front door of the building. Whatever's out there, if anything's out there, never made an appearance in the building before I opened the front door. Maybe the reason it, it wasn't in the building already was that it was elsewhere getting everyone else, and then it waited until I betrayed my existence by trying to call Amy, a call which didn't work until it called me and asked me my name. Terror literally overwhelms me every time I try to fit the pieces of this nightmare together. That email, short, cut off. Was it from someone trying to get word out? Some friendly voice desperately trying to warn me before it came? Seen with my own eyes. Don't trust them. Exactly what I've been so suspicious of. It could have masterful control of all things electronic practicing its insidious deception to trick me into coming outside. Why can't it get in? It knocked on the door. It must have some solid presence. The door. The image of those doors in the upper hallway as guardian monoliths flashes back in my mind every time I trace this path of thoughts. If there is some phantom entity trying to get to me, trying to get me to go outside, maybe it can't get through the doors. I keep thinking back over all the books I've read and movies I've seen trying to generate some explanations for this. Doors have always been such an intense fasci of human imagination. Always seen as words or portals of special importance. Or perhaps the door is just too thick. I know that I couldn't bash through any of the doors of this building, let alone the heavy basement ones. Aside from that, the real question is, why does it even want me? If it just wanted to kill me, it could do it any number of ways, including just waiting until I starve to death. What if it doesn't want to kill me? What if it has some far more horrific fate in store for me? God, what can I do to escape this nightmare? A knock on the door. I told the people on the other side of the door, I need a minute to think, and I'll come out. I'm really just writing this down so I can figure out what to do. At least this time, I, hear, I heard their voices. My paranoia, and yes, I recognize I'm being paranoid, has me thinking of all sorts of ways their voices could be faked electronically. There could be nothing but speakers outside simulating human voices. Did it really take them three days to come talk to me? Amy is supposedly out there, along with two policemen and a psychiatrist. Maybe it took them three days to think of what to say to me. The psychiatrist's claim could be pretty convincing if I decided to think this has all been crazy and a crazy misunderstanding and not some entity trying to trick me into opening the door. The psychiatrist had an older voice, authoritarian but still caring. I liked it. I'm desperate just to see someone with my own eyes. He said I have something called cyberpsychosis, and I'm just one of a nationwide epidemic of thousands of people having breakdowns triggered by a suggestive email 
that got through somehow. I swear, he said, got through somehow. I think he means spread through the country inexplicably. But I'm incredibly suspicious that the entity slipped up and revealed something. He said, I am part of a wave of emergent behavior. That a lot of other people are having the same problem with the same fears, even though we've never communicated. That neatly explains the strange email about eyes that I got. I didn't get the original triggering email. I got a descendant of it. My friend could have broken down too and tried to warn everyone he knew against his paranoid fears. That's how the problem spreads, the psychiatrist claims. I could have spread it too, with my texts and instant messages online to everybody I know. One of those people might be melting down right now after being triggered by something I sent them. Something they might interpret any way they want. Something like a text saying, seen anyone face to face lately? The psychiatrist told me that he didn't want to lose another one. That people like me are intelligent, and that's our downfall. We draw connections so well that we draw them even when they shouldn't be there. He said it's easy to get caught up in paranoia in our fast-paced world, a constantly changing place where more and more of our interaction is simulated. I had to give him one thing. It's a great explanation. It neatly explains everything. It perfectly explains everything, in fact. I have every reason to shake off this nightmarish fear that something or consciousness or being out there wants me to open the door so it can capture me for some horrible fate worse than death. It would be foolish after hearing that explanation to stay in here until I starve to death just despite the entity that might have got everyone else. It would be foolish to think that after hearing that explanation I might be one of the last people alive in an empty world, hiding in my secure basement room, spitting some unthinkable, deceptive entity just by refusing to be captured. Spiting. <laughs> it's a perfect explanation for every single strange thing I've seen or heard. And I have every reason in the world to let all of my fears go and open the door. And that's exactly why I'm not going to do it. How can I be sure? How can I know what's real and what's deception? All these damn things with their wires and their signals that originate from some unseen origin, they're not real. I can't be sure. Signals through a camera, fake video, deceptive phone calls, emails, even the television lying broken on the floor. How can I possibly know it's real? It's just signals, waves, light, the door. It's bashing on the door. It's trying to get in. What insane mechanical contrivance could it be using to simulate the sound of men attacking the heavy wood so well? At least I'll finally see it with my own eyes. There's nothing left in here for me for it to deceive me with. I've ripped apart everything else. I can't deceive my own eyes, can I? Seen with your own eyes, don't trust them, they wait. Was a desperate message trying to tell me to trust my own eyes? Or warning me about my eyes too. Oh my god. What's the difference between a camera and my eyes? They both turn light into electrical signals. They're the same. I can't be deceived. I have to be sure. I have to be sure. Date unknown. I calmly asked for paper and a pen. Day in and day out. Until it finally gave it to me. 
Not that it matters. What am I going to do? Poke my eyes out? The bandages feel like part of me now. The pain is gone. I figured this would be one of my last chances to write legibly, as, without my sight to correct mistakes, my hand will slowly forget the motions involved. This is a sort of self-indulgence, this writing. It's a relic from another time, because I'm certain everyone left in the world is dead or something far worse. I sit against the padded wall, day in and day out. The entity brings me food and water. It masks itself as a kind nurse, as an unsympathetic doctor. I think it knows that my hearing has sharpened considerably now that I live in darkness. It fakes conversations in the hallways, on the off chance that I might overhear. One of the nurses talks about having a baby soon. One of the doctors lost his wife in a car accident. None of it matters. None of it's real. None of it gets to me, not like she does. That's the worst part. The part I almost can't handle. The thing comes to me masquerading as Amy. Its recreation is perfect. It sounds exactly like Amy. Feels exactly like her. It even produces a reasonable facsimile of tears that makes me feel that it makes me feel on its lifelike cheeks. When it dragged me here, it told me all the things I wanted to hear. It told me that she loved me, that she had always loved me, and she didn't understand why I did this. That we could still have a life together, if only I would stop insisting that I was being deceived. It wanted me to believe. No, it needed me to believe that she was real. I almost fell for it. I really did. I doubted myself for the longest time. In the end, though, it was all too perfect, too flawless, and too real. The false Amy used to come every day and then every week, and finally stopped coming altogether. But I don't think that the entity will give up. I think the waiting game is just another one of its gambits. I will resist it for the rest of my life, if I have to. I don't know what happened to the rest of the world. But I do know that this thing needs me to fall for its deceptions. If it needs that, then maybe, just maybe, I'm a thorn in its agenda. Maybe Amy is still alive out there somewhere, kept alive only by my will to resist the deceiver. I hold on to that hope, rocking back and forth in my cell to pass the time. I will never give in. I will never break. I, I am a hero. The doctor read the paper the patient had scribbled on. It was barely readable, written in the shaky script of one who could not see. He wanted to smile at the man's steadfast resolve, a reminder of the human will to survive, but he knew that the patient was completely delusional. After all, a sane man would have fallen to the deception long ago. The doctor wanted to smile. He wanted to whisper words of encouragement to the delusional man. He wanted to scream, but the nerve filaments wrapped around his head and into his eyes made him do otherwise. His body walked into the cell like a puppet and told the patient once more that he was wrong, that there was nobody here trying to deceive him, and that he, in fact, was insanely horny for gay sex. Sounds like somebody's got some paranoid schizophrenia. 
or was the reality the LGBTQ community trying to convert another trans? That was a creepy one. Yeah. It was creepy. You think you'll sleep good tonight? No. <laughs> Either. Why are you sleeping? You can't figure it out. You're trying. Where are you trying? You see? How is it? Break it down for me. What's your nightly routine like? And don't fucking lie. I don't. Kids go to bed. What time? They're in bed by 9 30. Okay. Then. My wife will talk to me for about 10 minutes and then she'll pass out. Okay. When she passes out, I might have watched a couple of matches on uh, TV. Maybe about 20 minutes after that, I'll probably turn the off. Maybe one. Close my eyes. Drift off to sleep. And about an hour later, I'm back up. No evil. Then I'll get up and close my pud. Go back to sleep. Sleep for about three hours. Then back up. Then I'll go piss. Then I'll go back to sleep. And then I'm back up. Just doing it all night long. Up and down. It doesn't sound like not a <laughs> Bart, did he just get up to pee and then go back to sleep? No, I mean I try. I try to go back to sleep. How long does it take? An hour sometimes. You, how do you know it's been an hour? Do you look at your phone. Mm-hmm. I just know it's been an hour. Yeah, I will. I mean, periodically, but I mean, like, I'm not like go cruising through it or anything. I'm just really there. Just so what does he take a look at? Does he have time? You see, you got to open the record. But it doesn't say. Yeah, but you can see if you got any message. No, I didn't tell you that. It yeah, only, it only tell you that if it happens, like right then, it happens the vibrator show back on. But it doesn't seem like it does that. Let me see. Hold it up. Mm. Turn it on. Turn the screen on. All right. So, just fucking lay there. A lot of things I do shit, like just fucking PTSD stuff, too. I think it's what it is. Just my foot in the head, and I got a fucking. Vietnam. No, I'm nuts. That's why I'm so weird about all this kung fu shit. <laughs> Dude, so you, yeah, imagine that you got sent to Vietnam when you first turned 18. Yeah. You had to fight for your life. All your friends died. Uh-huh. You went through every crazy thing imaginable. You come back home, start a new life, get married, have a job. Then all of a sudden, Chinese people poison our whole worlds. Yeah. What's your brain going to do? Oh, no. They probably cooked me. Yeah. Probably like trying to figure out how to make uh, weed pipes out of stuff you ain't supposed to smoke out of. <laughs> Napalm fucking spray devices. Yeah. Taking your nozzle off them and smoking out of it. Yeah. Taking all the door knobs off so they can't open them. <laughs> if Charlie comes in. Mm-hmm. I think once you've been to Vietnam, Charlie applies to every Asian person. Surely. Yeah. Surely if you fought Asians in a war, you'd hate to see them. Yeah. I don't think anyone is open like that. Charlie. Yeah, if you like a POW or some shit. What if the entire world had to fight off the LGBTQ community 
<laughs> Sometimes that's what fucking conservative media makes it seem like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to go t- to the battle for ages. Yeah. I don't know. I just think the world's got a lot of dumbasses in it. All the dumbasses will fight each other. Yeah. One of the craziest things, I don't, I really try not to pay a ton of the fucking news, but I'll see stuff pop up, like Twitter notifications and stuff. And one of the craziest things that's going on with, like, the majority of our country in the news right now, some, they really try to make it seem like Ukraine is being Russia in the war. Yeah. That's insane. Those are the hours. It just couldn't happen. I haven't heard anything about it. Since that's the only thing off. you hear, though, is, like, I mean, if I click on NPR or some shit in my truck, because I don't want to... I don't have a Bluetooth thing in there. That's what they'll be chatting about. Yeah. It's just like, well, Ukraine has done a great job. Well, no, they haven't. Russia just isn't steamrolling them. They're trying to do things a certain way. Yeah, and also, too, like, I really shouldn't give a shit. You should. Why? How about Russia? What do you mean? Because if they get to nuking, we're going to get to puking. Yeah. Fuck it, man, because I'm getting tired of all these fucking people, man. I'm getting tired of them. Yeah. Out. Well, there's nothing that we can do anyway. Yeah. I mean, like, if you turn on NPR today and they're like, uh, okay, so Russia is launching nukes. They're on the way. We got an idea of how to defend it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. What the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's the great fear. Yeah. That's just like, man, there's no way you're going to stop any of that stuff is if you... You know, the insurrection thing was bullshit, but there's a way to do all that and not be stupid. It's just like, hey, these people are working for us. They don't give a shit. They start shit, and then they get us all hyped up, so we'll go spend a bunch of money on shit we don't need, and they keep lying to us and tell us all this stuff. It doesn't matter what side they're on. They're all fucking crooked as shit. You can't get rid of any of them because they got too much power, and it's like, they really don't. There's no way to work for them. No, there's not. But I mean, <laughs> It couldn't happen. I'm not even talking about overthrow. I'm just saying, like, you know, just... Well, because you'd have to elect people that... You'd have to, like, elect Jesse Ventura. Yeah. And that ain't... Yeah. Yeah. People would just be like, this crazy asshole. I think a majority of it is people are... I'm not a crazy asshole. I'm a sexual tyrannosaurus, you slack-jawed faggots. Yeah. And I'm running, once again, for President of the United States, but this time I'm bringing Andrew Yang with me. Oh, yeah, sir. Mr. Ventura, son. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you just like if, if people weren't so easily manipulated by everything they see, they see it and they become that thing, or they believe in that thing. If they just stop doing that, yeah, shit, who's dude. broken free for real is Kanye. Yeah, he's out there saying it all, dude. Yeah. One interesting thing is that this is how disconnected I am. So there's a group of people, right? Mm-hmm. So George Floyd, we all know about that. Supposedly high on fentanyl. Tried to pay with counterfeit money. Resisted police. Uh, police were charged with this murder. They're all going to prison. Minneapolis destroyed, torn apart by protesters, rioters. Yeah. Nationwide news for a year. Yeah. Everyone celebrating George Floyd. So a lot of the uh, right side of the aisle likes to point out, hey, man, this George Floyd guy is no good. He was 
injected himself with fentanyl and running wild, and that's why he died. Not because the police brutalized him, but because yeah. the fentanyl in his system died. He did have a lot of fentanyl in his system. And then the Lev's will say, well, we saw the video. Cop kneeled on the back of his neck for so long he couldn't breathe. And that does seem like it would be hard to kill somebody. Why just doing the cyborg knee on him? Yeah. Like, you would have to... And why couldn't he breathe, too? Because the fentanyl, I would assume? I'm sure they... Even the side that is on George Floyd's team acknowledges that the fentanyl played some role in, like, slowing down his normal breathing. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, I mean, any type of opioid slows down the lung, lung capacity. A little bit. But here's one you might not have heard, because it's fresh to me, and I heard about it from Kanye West. Mm-hmm. The government use George Floyd as a martyr to spark off the rioting to further control this. So a government agent actually injected George Floyd with a lethal dose of fentanyl to intentionally kill him and the officers played along with that. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't? Sure. No, I mean, fucking Manson talked about all this shit all the time. Yeah, and there were were 100%, I will say, regardless of that, confirmed agent provocateurs. Yeah. Like the dude with the umbrella? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, this is all black tactical gear. Definitely a military or police guy. Yeah. You could tell by the demeanor, the haircut. Just blew up that fucking auto zone and then everyone was questioning him and he fucking Mary Poppins away. <laughs> well, the other thing that's real crazy too is like the agent provocateurs going up and just like, they're dressed up like Antifa and they're like, give me 200 bucks, you help me flip this car over. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, man? It's like, that's... I would do that. Yeah, well, I would do that for free. It's fun. <laughs> I'd like to do it for two, but yeah, yeah, dude. If I was somewhere, if I was in the midst of a riot and someone just recruited me to help bust things up because of my size and they would pay me for every act like a video game, yeah. you're just like collecting fucking rewards. Like you just get Venmo notifications like 200 for flipping a car. Yeah. 500 for throwing a guy through the Walgreens window. Well, I just, you know, it's just back to what I was saying too is like, that's. That's it, man. You if you get so if you get a stage set and something happens and then you film it, and then you see all this crazy shit going on. There's real people there, but then there's also people who are working for other people on both sides to just fuel the fire a little bit. Yeah, and then all that past. Well, you know, it's like COVID happened. Everybody like, stay inside, but then that happens. Everybody's not protesting. They're like fuck, COVID. You know, it's like it's not even there. Or We're just gonna wear a mask and we'll be around each other. And then it's like oh, we have to hit the streets. We're supposed to be inside, but we got to hit the streets now. And that all the people are like, take your shots, get the vaccine, stay inside, keep everybody safe. All that shit. They all just fucking didn't do that because they felt like they had to be social social justice warriors and fucking go out and be like, fuck the cops. And it's like, well, yeah, fuck the cops. But also, like, you're doing some dumb shit too, so fuck you. So you're all fucking stupid. It's like, if you're a fucking dumbass in tactical gear and a fucking, you're a, one of those uh, 3% dorks, you're... Just as fucking stupid. Welcome to Boomer Talk. <laughs> I mean, it's all stupid shit, man. Yeah, I just, yeah. You give a fuck. Man. Yeah, caring about stuff is gay. It's stupid, man. It's like, you know. It's and the then, entire And shit. these are all the same people that, like, side shave their head and dye it purple and then fucking go, well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a dude anymore. I'm a. Well, I'm a feminist. So I might be. A, I might be a woman now. Or I, I'm, I'm a white girl, but I, I want to fit in. I'm a they them. I got pussy. But I'm just a they them, so. Uh, 
everything them. It's all me. It's also like I don't even care about that. Like be whatever the fuck you want. Just leave my kids alone. <laughs> like that's it. You're good. Quit. Today on Boomerio. <laughs> just like I don't care if you faggots are sucking each other off. Just don't do it around me now. Yeah, no, I just don't like, I just don't like how it, all this stuff influences kids. Like I think that's the worst part. Yeah, you just gotta kinda teach them like, hey, this is literally me. There's been a bunch <laughs> of dumb shit going on for my whole life. There's yeah. dumb shit going on for everyone else's whole life. Now you're gonna see a lot of stupid. You just shit. can't care about anything, man. Like, yeah, you, that's why I just said caring yeah. about stuff is gay. It's the worst, dude. Yeah, it's like you just can't be influenced by anything. It doesn't affect. Yeah, you. I mean, the the entire society will just completely shift on. Yeah, like, like people people will nail themselves to convictions that they didn't have before they saw it somewhere. Yeah, like you did not think this until you found it interesting and threw yourself in a rabbit hole, yeah. and now. You've completely immersed yourself into something. I mean, back in my day, if you were one way, like if you grew up and your parents were country as fuck yeah. and you guys went hunting and you were like a woods guy and you showed up to school wearing camo and then you found out about something else in like eighth or ninth grade and decided to shift yourself into that, you would never hear the end of it. Yeah. It was like, that's not you. It's inauthentic. You were yeah. this. This was you. This is how you are. And now you want to be this. And everyone could spot it from a mile away. That's what in the music industry you'd call a poser. Yeah. But that's completely acceptable now to shift from just chameleon yourself and jump from one thing to the next. And I mean, look at how many people have been like... And they're, they're, like there's like a whole Twitter and Reddit communities of people that have been like... Pretty straight-laced, uh, question themselves about their sexuality, mm-hmm. dove headfirst into like being trans or being non-binary and then committed their whole lifestyle to being this way and then get hit, get hit or not get hit or something will happen. Like a lot of times you'll see something like they got accused of like sexually harassing somebody when that wasn't their intention and they didn't feel like they did that. And so now they have to do another whole cultural shift to swing the other way because they're so insulted that what they were going to war for turned on them yeah. people were outraged by their behavior when they felt like they didn't do anything and they had done the exact same thing to other people yeah. you know who a great example of that is that's not a they them per se but uh that jamie kilstein guy okay dude jamie kilstein big fucking geek he was like a pretty bad comedian but he was getting kind of popular ish he was on rogan and shit rogan crushed him back in the day so but he was like Wrapped up, and I mean, probably 10 years ago, like at the kind of emergence of all the online culture of being like, quote unquote, woke, when like woke was a new term and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like a male feminist, uh, trans rights, uh, you know, vegan, uh, and then he started doing jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, so he, but he was all in on it. I mean, he had a really popular podcast that was just based on like tearing apart any type of. Uh, conservative ideology or just like skimming the news and seeing anything that was like a slight to women, trans people, people of color, anything that was a slight or some crazy shit that like Tucker Carlson said, just, you know, the type of show where you're just outraged the entire time and you want to just have a platform where he just tries to talk shit to like straight white men. Uh, Even went on Fox news with a song called, I think frustrated white boy blues Mm -hmm. played it live. Just awful. 
this is like a disgusting human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just profiting off of like, you know, film show ratings. So, the show that he had was with his wife. And while he's doing the show with his wife, he's also hitting on other ladies. Because they're mm-hmm. not fucking and he's horny, so he's trying to talk to other girls. Yeah. Well, a lot of those girls got together with his wife and decided that that was a form of sexual assault. Not mm. harassment, but assault. And most people wouldn't even consider what he did harassment. It was just the fact that he was cheating and trying. Not even cheating, possibly cheated, but was trying to cheat on his wife with other yeah, girls yeah, that yeah. were in their atmosphere. Word got out. Guy got crushed. Had to quit his show. Well, now, of course, he swung the exact opposite way, and he's like an edgy, trying to be offensive, legion of skinks, yeah. universe type of comedy. You know? It's just, you see that juxtaposition yeah. a lot because it's people that can't. It's like, where's your baseline of thought? Yeah. Because where you're at now, where you're like, I woke up and I realized the truth. Well, that only happened because of a forced event. It's like when you catch your kid doing something wrong and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like the old adage that you hear, even on cops, like, well, you're only sorry because you got caught. Yeah, yeah. And it, you're not really changed. Nothing's well, that's changed. That's the other thing, you. too. It's like, dude, we all do. Dumb shit. Everybody does. Of course. And it's like, we, we all got something that we're not proud of that you don't, you know, it's just, it's fucking, it is that. And it's just, that's what I'm talking about. I don't, like I said, I could give a shit less, man, like, about any of this stuff. I just fucking, like, dude, if, I, I'm friends with whoever. And I'll, and I, and I support whoever that, if they want me to call them a fucking lady, I'll do it. But if you go missing and the cops are like, give me a description of like, well, it's a dude. They dress like a lady. They have this thing, you know, that's, I don't, you know, it's just like that you have to be honest in those moments, but you can, like, I'll address you as a woman, I mean, whatever, I don't give a shit, like, I said, but, like, fucking, just shifting culture to just shift culture because you don't fit anywhere, because you're weird, it's like, well, then, yeah, that's you're serious. just, you're doing. just to do one and that's what i think a lot of especially younger people make the mistake of doing it's like if you like something still like it. so like if you're a cop and you find out about furry culture and furry culture doesn't like cops but you like being a cop and you like furry culture you you're embarrassed when you're at one or the other thing that people make fun of you that's something that you 
as a person that has both those interests, just need to come to peace with and be both of those things without trying to hide who you really are from other people. Yeah, you got to love yourself. And then if you do that, then you won't give a fuck, man. Hopefully that illustrates the point that I've been trying to make is that that is what happens. And that is a large percentage of what's wrong with the world. It's like you can shift. Easiest way to shift ideology is like, oh, I used to think that worshiping Satan was so cool and edgy and it would just shock people and I would feel like I was really sticking it to Christ. And then I was like, well, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. So I need to accept the way. You can do that and be the same person. Yeah, you can do that. You can still think worshiping Satan fucking rocks. Yeah. (laughs) And you can accept Christ. Well, you know, just fucking. (laughs) And uh, I mean, you know, it's like, dude, I'm not on either side of the coin. I could give a fuck about politics and that shit. I just see people and it just drives me nuts. And it shouldn't, it doesn't really drive me nuts. It just is, when I encounter somebody and that question be about how I'm living, it's like, you know, like, you see me. I question you all the time. But do I give a fuck? (laughs) It's like, oh, I shit the shit. I question you today where you're like, the washer's all taken care of. No, I was like, I'm going to try it. You you got to try it, man. Man, that shit. What a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here or there. We love you guys for listening. Hopefully, that was fun for you. Yeah. Way different than shit we normally do. We used to do fun stuff like that. Yeah, periodically. We should bring it back. It's a. I think whenever we figure out a good place to do our shit at, maybe we can just get back in the woods and do it ourselves. And, yeah. yeah. Well, we love you guys, and we'll see you on the next one.